Podcast with Aaron Cowk. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cowk with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Man, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Women's College World Series, the regionals in the baseball. Man, alive. It's Super regionals may not look anywhere near like what we thought it was going to when we saw the seeds. Uh, today, could I mean, completely decimate all those uh, national seeds out of the tournament. It's, it's crazy what's going on in the college baseball. We'll hit that. Huge honor for a local fella on the baseball field. Uh, it was announced over the weekend. NBA Finals are tied 1-1 after Miami wins last night. Some interesting numbers uh, about Nikola Jokic and, and making him a scorer. I know Eric Spolstra uh, really took offense to that question last night when it was asked, but the numbers don't lie on this. Um, it's pretty pretty shocking, and maybe the the Heat have figured something out, or maybe they just made a whole bunch of threes in one game, and that's why they won. Uh, have the first two games changed your mind? See if Mike Malone can make some adjustments the way Spolstra did, and then an awesome weekend in golf as well. Not only here, but around the country. And I may I may have a new favorite athlete of all time. With what's going on today. Have you seen this yet? I have not. I cannot wait to tell you who is doing what right this second in Ohio. 9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. It's Monday. We normally have Jim, but he's out uh, in Vegas playing poker, so no gym today, which is, uh, I would really, I can't wait to hear his thoughts on OSU baseball when he comes back, kind of where that's at. Um, it's It just it just hasn't been what we were so used to all those years back when he was playing and right after. Some grumblings. Well, it's, uh, the numbers don't lie, and it's pretty incredible, uh, the lack of success that they've had since uh, a certain person exited stage left if you're gonna be outside the listening area a couple ways to stay in touch with the show you can log on to kadsam.com you can download the app the app's got it all it's got radio it's got the penny news it's got big elk and paragon tv when those things are going during the school season also the skinny on sports podcast if you missed the show entirely you can check us out uh, there wherever you can find podcasts. You can find the Skinny on Sports right there as well. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? How was your weekend? It was it was busy as usual. It was pretty. It was busy. It took us what did I say seven eight hours to play one softball game yesterday, one eight U game. But uh, no, it was a lot of fun. How so, was yours? How was yours? Uh, it was my fa- one of my favorite weekends of the year. I was real worried Friday night. What's going to happen Saturday morning? Well. <laughs> So we, so we got the morning guys got done on Friday. Now, there were a couple of times where it rained pretty hard. I think one of the guys I was talking to said they stopped twice, kind of, and, and were perfect spots where there was tents set up on the holes that they just happened to be at. Kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, let's let this pass. Because uh, when, when I got out there, 
11.30 or so. Uh, I mean, it rained hard there for just a little bit. Uh, but then it was nice until it wasn't. We got 10 holes and tee shot in. We're sitting in the fairway on number 11, kind of looking around, and all of a sudden lightning, and it was mm. like, all right, we got to yeah. stop, and then we never started it again. Then Saturday was just gorgeous. It it was nice on Saturday. Absolutely yep. gorgeous. And so one round got completed. Three of the four got completed just that, that uh, Friday afternoon. And quite frankly, Friday night, as it kept raining, I thought, well, what do we do now if we can't even play tomorrow? Well, I was real worried. Is it, one, going to be underwater, the course that yeah, is? Yeah, shock. And, it, and two, would they allow that many – Right, golfers on the course. I mean, it was uh, obviously it, cart path probably, only. Oh, sure, but mm-hmm. even that, I mean, it probably took a little bit of a beating, but nothing that they can't recover. Yeah, it was from. actually. I'm, I mean, almost be honestly, to be honest with you. Now, I went out there early on Saturday morning, but by the time I got out there on Saturday afternoon, it was shockingly dry, considering. Yeah, I know. I asked James, the superintendent. He said two point seven on Friday out there. And a bunch of that was kind of overnight, or at least into the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it drained well, and you know, it was just went off nice. The nope. food was awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous of that. Uh, you guys talking about it Friday morning? I was thrilled. So, so give me a little sampler here. What'd you have? Oh, I had all kinds of stuff. I had some meatballs. I had uh, Santiago was out there. Hey, good. Um, there was some ribs yesterday. But uh, there was, I mean, everything was fantastic. I never got to pull pork taco that I know that I know people were raving about. Then right there, of course, the Bevo Bites, which was a piece of ribeye wrapped around a um, jalapeno wrapped around bacon. That just blew my mind a little bit. It was awesome. Uh, there was boudin that, at that station as well, spicy or not spicy. There were some uh, shaved... Ribeye sliders. Oh my goodness! There, uh, there it was. All, I mean, crazy. all the food was great. Uh, there, crazy. there was not a there was not a spot where the food wasn't wasn't just fantastic. Oh man, well, glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it was very very good stuff. Glad you enjoyed very good it. Stuff. Yeah, we were supposed to play Friday night. Of course, they we were loaded up at the house and they called it off. So we made a quick decision to have batting practice in the batting barn thought that was a good idea but the problem was we had kids come through the parking lot and get in the batting but once we got in there after they came through the rain that you couldn't talk to them because it was so loud the rain on that tin roof you know and then a little bit of hail we got a little bit a little bit of hail over in the canute area and just a little piece size but just it was loud and we're i'm thinking what are we doing here? We can't even give them instructions unless we're right there next to their ear hole of their right. helmet. <laughs> it's amazing how loud. Even when it's just kind of bare, like out here on our on the carport. Yeah. I can hear it you, from my office, and I think, man, it's got to be pouring. And I look yeah. out there, and I'm like, I can't believe how loud that is for right. how it's barely raining. Well, don't kid yourself. When it there's waves of it that came, and then we just you know had to stop because little girls have put their hands over their ears. Yeah. And we hear it's hail. And all of us are adult, adults are looking at each other like our cars are getting beat up because it sounds like it's oh, huge yeah. hail. Yeah, you go out there and it's pea and size, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So we got games in on Saturday on, on schedule. Then Sunday yesterday we started one. We got through th- three and a half. Started the bottom. No, no, no. Yes. 
No, we were in the bottom of the third. Excuse me. Start. So we got two and a half in. Three. No, two full. I can't. Talk, I can't think. Anyways, and then they called it, and we set forever. And then we came back, finished that game, started, and then tried to get the next game in, and and that didn't happen. And it was a good idea because as soon as we loaded up oh, and man. started driving out of town, I mean, as soon as I got to Country Club and uh, Pioneer, mm-hmm. it, it started sprinkling. And the further east I went down Country Club, it was downpour. Yeah, it's all over by Northeast High School, a guy that lives there, kind of where we used to. Yeah. Said he got an inch of rain in 20 minutes. Don't doubt it. I mean, that's... I mean, it was... But when you looked, going home, you could look back toward the interstate or kind of back to the northeast part of town, and it was like, whoa, it's raining yeah. over there. <laughs> I was doing my best storm uh, chaser in, uh, impression. I don't cracking up my wife i was like yeah david it's over here pouring <laughs> over here on the east side of elk city <laughs> but it was it was pouring and uh, that's all it was never went severe it was my day too and i kept thinking okay do i need yeah. to turn around and go back to the studio and it, it never went severe it was just really heavy rain you know it was it's was interesting that we were dealing with all that all the weekend then you'd flip on the tv in a place that's not really that far away in Crazy. Oklahoma City. Crazy. It was just like a totally different country. Right? I mean, it's, the sun is shining. They're playing softball uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, we're, semifinals are set after yesterday as Oklahoma State gets eliminated by Tennessee. Man, that, if you're a, if you're a cow, Cowgirl fan or one of the players, the coaches, you've got to be kicking yourself because you feel like you just gave that game to Tennessee, a couple of errors that led to the scoring chances. And when we look at the stats, OSU out hit them, but those those three errors in that column, far, the on the farthest right of the box score, are the difference between maybe the Cowgirls getting another shot at Florida State today and uh, the fact that their season's over. A good season, I think it started out great. Obviously, the the lull there going into the regional was something that was of concern for OSU fans, and that's why a lot of people thought they weren't even going to make it out of the regional with with Wichita State, who had beat them a couple of times. But they were dominant coming in, and just a couple of mistakes. That's It's such a fine line in this tournament between advancing and then just kind of looking back and kicking yourself, and I think that's where they are uh, with an error at second base, had another error, and then you know the, the base running error. I mean, a lot of people were you know, blaming Kenny Gajewski, uh, for getting the runner thrown out at home. Well, when you saw that other angle, the runner ran right through a stop sign. And so, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that OSU just couldn't get out of their own way, and they end up falling 3-1 to one and eliminated by Tennessee. Still another awesome season by Kenny Gajewski and the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. Remember how they were before he got there. He's building something pretty big. They lose a lot. I, I was, I, I kind of forgot when they were talking. Bunch there, of fifth-year seniors. Yeah, yeah, they do lose a lot. So I want to see if it can, uh, if the success can, um, you know, maintain itself moving forward. But they got their guy. They got a good coach in, in Gajewski and, and a good program in, on solid footing. They're going to be fine. A lot of people want to lose in that game. Does that make sense? A lot of people want to be in that game and be at the World Series, and he is consistently getting them there. But yeah, the the, the errors were huge. Obviously. Gave themselves a chance with that home run late in the game, but uh, you can't have errors at this level. You, you just can't. Because, I mean, look at what when OU and Stanford played the first time. One error cost that game. Yep. One single error. And you'll see in other games where you're able to overcome that against lesser teams. But these aren't lesser teams. These are really good teams at the highest level of softball. So, But, it, I, but yeah, I mean, it, 
sucks now, but that was a great season from OSU to get all the way back to the World Series. And you mentioned that little lull right there they had in the middle of the season. To overcome that, to get to the World Series, I think that's big, and I think that that's a testament to the head coach. No doubt about it. Uh, what A big talking point over the weekend was what happened on Saturday. I think people were pumped up and couldn't wait to see that matchup between Oklahoma and Tennessee at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. And then it just – what happened? Why, why in the world did Tennessee's head coach make the decision she made to go away from her top two pitchers and start a freshman against the powerhouse that is OU? That now, here, here's one scratcher. thing. I, I don't want to be hypocritical about this, okay? Because last week all we talked about was you have to do things that are unorthodox – and maybe that's what she was trying to do. But I, I feel like it was a different strategy than that. I think maybe, you know, trying to take a flyer. But in my mind, it almost felt like they thought the road to the, t- to the title series would be easier. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, to want to be in the, in the loser's bracket. But I think, she, I really do think Tennessee's coach thought, you know what? I would. I think we can make it back through the other side in the losers bracket, and then when we get into the series, the Sooners haven't seen either one of the top two pitchers. I really think that was the strategy, not to just blow the game on purpose. Sure, because you never know what you might get yeah, in the circle. Yeah, you might have a shot if you throw your freshman, and, and if she has success, I get it. But it just seems like, it's, man, why would you put yourself yeah. through the trouble of having to go back through the other side if you really thought you could win that game? Right. It, but it is unconventional, and that's what we've said that they have to do, that teams have to do to try to beat OU is, is keep them on their toes, do things that people don't usually do that's not in the norm of, of softball and or baseball. So I get that. I, I, I don't. It's hard for me to believe that that was intentional. Like, well, if we, we lose, that's better for us. I, I don't As a, If you're a coach and a player and a fan, you want to win every game. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you play to win the game. Uh, so some coach – have said before so I just think you know it, it to my uh assessment of that game watching well, I watched for a little bit before we had to go back to the ball fields but when I left it it was already three to nothing off that home run and by the way you talked about a game of inches and errors that one error off the I don't think they ruled it an error off the glove of the pitcher but if she can't catch that cleanly they're out of that inning because that three run homer came on the what two pitches mm-hmm. later next pitch whatever and all of a sudden, the snowball effect happened. That's where I was going to go. Was I, it just kind of snowballed after that? And you can see the life, the 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 balloon deflate for Tennessee, and they start bringing in pitcher after pitcher on a marathon. And OU just it was like a cat and mouse. Like, okay, we'll do that too. We'll we'll throw May. We'll throw her. We'll throw this person. We'll give her an at bat. Felt like a felt like a varsity versus JV game again. So, but it's OU. I mean, when they get rolling like that. They're damn near hard to stop, impossible to stop, and they got on a roll. Doesn't take anything away from Tennessee, though. I think the the uh, I do, and there are a lot of people who are questioning the coach's decision to do that. But this is playing out how I thought it would be. I thought OU would beat them, and then I think Tennessee has a better chance. Inadvertently, I don't think they intended it, but has a better chance to get to the championship series by this path. Now, the one thing that we have seen in this tournament. To go away from you have to do something un- unorthodox. Is Nigeria Candidate? Yeah, she is the one person that maybe in the entirety of women's 
softball. She may be the singular force that can actually do things normal and have a chance to beat OU. Right. I know that we've talked about this a ton, not only here but on you know on the baseball broadcast and as we watch the you know the Big Elks run toward uh, the semifinals, how much seeing somebody for the second time matters. But having said that, this is different. She seems, especially for a freshman on that stage, she seems a little different. And I can't wait to see what happens today. Because I think conventional wisdom would tell you, okay, Oklahoma's hitters have seen her once. They're going to score more than what they did, score more than those two runs. Now can Stanford generate the offense to hang? But I don't know. She's clearly, to me, the best pitcher in this tournament. Yeah, that's established. And and that's what I was thinking yesterday when, during the long delay we had, everyone's busting out their phones and watching that Washington Stanford game and I kept asking myself well who do I want to who if as an OU fan who do I want to see do, do does OU want to see Stanford again for those reasons you mentioned or or go up against a lesser pitcher in Washington whoever that may be and I kept leaning towards the conventional wisdom side of things is yeah you want OU to see this pitcher again that you know now they're ready for you would think so um so they they broke through and and we'll get that rematch. I think everyone thought was going to happen anyways. Yeah, eleven o'clock. It's interesting because I wondered how this worked. So instead of it being like OU and Stanford at eleven, then Florida State Tennessee at one thirty, they go back to back. I didn't think about that. So if there is a if there is an if necessary game to get to the the final series, it'll happen. Boom boom, as opposed to. You know this team, these this game playing, this next two teams playing, mm-hmm. and then reshuffling the deck and going this evening. So the morning session will be Oklahoma and Stanford, however many games it needs. Then the afternoon, Florida State and Tennessee. Tennessee and Stanford would have to win two today. So Stanford's got to beat the Sooners twice. Tennessee would have to beat the Seminoles twice in order to qualify for Wednesday's game one of the championship series at the Women's College World Series. Here's something to, something of note. When you're watching today, scoring first has mattered. The only team that has not scored first and won a game was the uh, was Washington. Utah got on on top of them early, and Washington came back to win. That's the only game so far in which the team that didn't score the team that scored first didn't win hmm. was Washington coming back against Utah. So that's something to watch today uh, as these semifinals play out up at Oklahoma City. Regional baseball. Real quick on the softball thing before we move on. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Christy who hooked my kid up with tickets to yesterday's game. Games. They went to both games, and she got to experience the World Series. Her and her daughter and a friend, a trio of little girls, got to go experience the World Series for the first time. Well, the first time for my kid. I think uh, the other two have been before. She came home beaming just – she has one on me. I've never been, so she (laughs) she was kind of bragging about that when she was telling me about it, but – she had a blast and great seats and great weather, unlike what we had out here. No kidding. And I, that's important to me as a dad to have my daughter see that, see the biggest stage of softball played right in front of her eyes. I thought that was huge. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Christy for yeah. doing that for her. You know, every time that you'd see like crowd shots, there was a whole bunch of like girls yeah. wearing their jerseys. I kind of wish I'd. 
thought about that. Right. Sending them to jerseys with those girls, but they're up in the city playing basketball. Would have looked weird if they were wearing basketball yeah, jerseys yeah, there. The wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out here on a Monday morning, recapping the weekend's events, looking ahead to what's coming up this week. Uh, the regional baseball getting toward being done. There's still some games today. Man, Jared, I don't know. Should we be blaming the committee? Is it just the nature of baseball? But what in the world is going on? So number, so the overall number four seed, Clemson, is out. The sixth seed, Vanderbilt, is out, which we'll talk about a big, tough deal here for the in-state school that could have taken advantage of that. Miami's the 9th seed, they're out. Oklahoma State was the 11th seed, they're out. Auburn was the 13th seed, they're out. And then, today, the 2 seed Florida, who has already beaten Tech once in an elimination game last night. So that's a do or die for the 2 seed. Arkansas's the 3, they'll have to beat TCU twice in order to advance out of regionals. Stanford beat A&M last night as the 8th seed, so they'll play again today in a do or die game. Kentucky's the 12. They did the same thing to Indiana, so they'll play the final one. And then Coastal Carolina, the 10 seed, same way. So there is a chance that at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, the 2, the 3, the 4, the 6, the 8, the 9, the 11, 12, 13, and the 10 are out. Yeah, is it the is it the committee's fault? Is that what we're using? Yeah. For, I, I, for not seeding this correctly or – is it just baseball? Sometimes it, it sometimes a guy's just on, a pitcher's just on, or a hot with their bats. I don't know. You know, it, what do you think? It, I, it's it's just it's really hard to comprehend. It's it won't hard. look. It won't look if say if Florida, Stanford, Kentucky, all win today. Majority. Mm-hmm. You know, there there already is you know some upsets, but you'll get a majority of team that'll be there. But man, if all those lose. I mean, you're talking about what three fourths of the seeds, even more than that. So I think I think we got to wait. What I'm trying to say is we got to wait to see. I mean, yeah, the possibility is that if these teams come through, then just kind of got a scare, and, and we're going to get with a lot of what we thought we were going to get. Or is it just the parody? There's no great team the, except for maybe Wake. Maybe a little bit of that, or I was going to say there's the quality. I mean, maybe we got a lot of great development in baseball nowadays you know i mean you're getting a lot i mean we saw when I mean, we we knew how dangerous oral roberts could be and dallas baptist could be they've played up to the level of osu and then we're going to talk about it look what happened over in stillwater and, and i think osu and i'll i'll stand on this i know it didn't go the way they wanted it to but they're a good team but so is so is dallas baptist and oral roberts so oral roberts lost to ou April 4th, this is Eddie Radosevich has the, had this number. Hmm. Since then, they've won 29 out of 30, 21 in a row. And they've scored six or more runs in nine straight. And they're moving on. Yeah, slightly overlooked. Was they, Oral Roberts, they are maybe. moving on. Yeah, Congratulations to them. Oklahoma State obviously isn't. And here's, I mean, there's so many things to unpack here. So OSU loses both games. Beaten six four by Oral Roberts and then just bombed Dallas Baptist. What was that like eighteen to four? It was final. Good, yeah. I mean, it was just a blowout. So they're they're two and Q. What what do we make of this? Because I think the name Oklahoma State 
still carries a whole bunch of weight, but should it? Because here's the truth. The Cowboys have only been to the College World Series twice since Gary Ward retired in 1996. They went in 99, and they went in 2016. That seems shocking when you say it because of all the trips. Uh, Gary Ward took them 10 times in his 18-year career as the head coach at Oklahoma State. Starting in 1981, they were a fixture in Omaha Mm -hmm. through through the mid-90s. And now when you look up, and only those two trips in, what, 27 years now? You know, Josh Holiday has a great record, but the post the lack of postseason success and, and here's and, and you can't even blame this one on you know not quite having enough wins in the regular season to say host a super regional. They didn't even get there for two years in a row when they host the regional at O'Brate. I'm sure there's some frustration up in Stillwater right now about how these seasons are ending when they show so much promise as they're rolling along. Yeah, Twitter was ablaze after that elimination game, and it wasn't just coming after the baseball program. It was – you've probably seen some of it just – and they started at the top, the fan base did, with the AD. When the white hadn't there been some changes here? It's just frustrating with the wrestling, how it's gone, and uh, golf obviously uh, not having – you know, the kind of the same way. I mean, a lot of success, but postseason's been lacking, and then, and then this, it's – it's a conundrum, and, and it's, again, baseball is a funny sport sometimes. You get a bad hop or whatever, or you just teams get on a roll, or you just don't get the right teams that come to your region. When we kind of, you know, I mean, I was I was, a, I was standing on that mountain of I'm not buying into this, yeah, Dallas Baptist and Oral Roberts had success against OSU. Now it's going to matter. I don't think I, – I think OSU will get by it, and, you know, I was wrong. I was clearly wrong. These two, those two teams were really of quality, and I still think OSU is a good team. It's just, it's a, it's odd. But what changes need to be made? I don't. I'm not saying head coach changes, but no. What, what's the? Is there a different approach? Uh, what what needs to happen? Uh, there, there's clearly one common denominator the last couple of years, the last two especially, <clears throat> with those early exits in the regionals, and that is pitching. I mean, you remember what happened last year with Arkansas? And I mean that crazy regional mm-hmm. where i mean it, it was damn near taking 20 to win yeah yeah i remember that this time it wasn't i mean they obviously got shelled by dallas baptist but you put up you, you give up six to oral roberts in game one the way that offense had been rolling you kind of would figure that that was a win so you know it's kind of half and half i guess but it certainly just has it's been wildly disappointing for a, a program i i I'll tell you this. I I saw kind of the vitriol, and I've seen it kind of all year, really. And I think Jim would probably disagree with the fans. And and maybe maybe they stay the course. But if there is a change made, whether or not you believe it should be made or not, if there is one going to be made, I think it'll be Rob Walton will be out as the pitching coach. I don't think there's any way in the world that anything happens to Holiday. No, that that's not happening. But if there is a change to be made, I think most. Um, most of the fans are kind of after that one to be made, no matter what successes and how good Rob Walton has been in his career. It's just kind of – it feels like that's going to be the way this goes, right? Which, yeah, and it should give OSU fans 
I think ease of mind they got, and we're going to talk about them. One of the best pitchers in the state coming their way, maybe. So does, but that's great recruiting. But does recruiting need to shift a little bit? <clears throat> I mean, bagging the best, one of the best players in the state in Mayfield is great. That that's going to help them. But does does something else in recruiting need to change? Well, and, and does that coaching a potential coaching change like that? You know, change that. And baseball is just so much different because you, you know, yeah. It seems like that's going to be a good thing for OSU, but you you don't know you don't know if he's going to be there when it comes right down to it. Though that's true. I'm, there's always that. You're yeah, right. you know, always there's always the that. yeah, there's always the draft, and and I think for the other school in the state, it's after what happened last. I mean, the the draft decimated that final champ, that championship series team that OU had. Mm-hmm. Some expected, and some, quite frankly, not. And it's amazing that Oklahoma State was the better team than Oklahoma this year. There's no doubt about it. They beat them four out of six. You know, they hosted the regional. They made it to the Big 12 tournament final. All that, all those things tied for the regular season. I mean, that's that's what – it's funny because when you think about it as a fan, OSU has way more of the accolades for their season and we're a way better team than OU was this year. But right this second, after what happened this weekend – I think OU fans feel fans feel way better about what happened than Oklahoma State fans do. You know, there's just that perspective that the OU fans can kind of go back on. Well, I mean, gosh, look what we lost in the draft. Look what we had come. This team was decimated, and they sneak into the tournament and win a game, and you know, put up a decent fight yesterday. Whereas if you're OSU, you're expecting when you see Vanderbilt get knocked out. Oh my gosh! All we got to do is get through a regional of. And it's no offense, but just the names. Oral Roberts, Dallas Baptist, and Washington. And we can host Super Regionals to make it to the College World Series. Yeah, and by the way, those teams in your home stadium. Yes. I mean, that should be – you get to go home and sleep in your own bed. And- Oklahoma State baseball is – it's more is expected of them than that. And so, you know, at, when the dust clears of the season, yeah, OSU was better than OU, but I think OU fans feel better about the season they had versus what Oklahoma State fans are going to feel about it. All right, let's go to the NBA Finals. Isn't that such a compliment, though, to OSU? Uh, it is. I mean, it, it should, but eventually that doesn't make you feel any better when you are yeah. when when you blow this opportunity that you had. It's, it's like it's, it's such a compliment to OU softball when there's such a vitriol right now. Oh, they get to play at home, and they're they were they you know you're seeing it more and more and more, and then you're seeing it fuel them. You see the alumni, and one alumni said, "This is so awesome. They they, they it's so great that they hate us." Yeah, keep the hate coming. Yeah, and but here's the deal. OU's earned it, and I, I think my overall point here is yes, that name. Yes, when you hear Oklahoma State and baseball. There's a certain expectation. There's a certain thought about what that program is, and quite frankly, right now it's not that, and it hasn't been that. Really, I mean, two two College World Series trips since Gary Ward left. That's pretty incredible. That that's all the success that they've been able to muster in the postseason. Last night, uh, man, the Heat. Some adjustments. Uh, 17 of 35 from three, 48%. They come back from down eight going into the fourth quarter uh, to snatch game two to steal the home court advantage away from the Nuggets, 111-108. 
I thought Denver was going to sweep them. I don't feel any worse about you know thinking Denver's the better team and the dominant team. But I think there is some interesting kind of cat and mouse at play here. Because we saw in game one, Jokic was able to really dominate with that, that first half by taking three shots. Last night, he was scoring all over the floor, ended up with 41, but his team loses, and he only dished out four assists. Do you think that that I – mean, I'm trying to find the Eric Spolster clip when asked about it, uh, but I'll, I'll do it when you start talking. But do you think there's something there? Making him a scorer, quote-unquote, makes Denver easier to beat than when he's just making dominating him, all parts of the all parts of the game. Making him work for it is what you're saying? No, no, or, just letting, just him him scoring 40 and only dishing out four assists seems to be a recipe for to be able to beat them because here here's here's the numbers. This season Denver was 34 and 4 when Jokic had at least had 10 assists or more. They were only 14 and 17 when he didn't. That's a, it's so odd. Letting them score without the assist, covering just basically not guarding them. Well, not necessarily that, but just <laughs> like like almost maybe guarding him one on one and not leaving Everyone to else. help. Yeah, and letting maybe, him maybe st- shutting down Murray is the key and not joke. Maybe the obvious would try to shut down uh, Jokic, but maybe shutting down Murray is the key. Is that what I'm hearing? I just think it's interesting that <laughs> taking away those avenues, those, those second options for Jokic, of making the other team, making the rest of his team better. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting theory. Feels like a gamble to me, but well, the numbers say it's not. I know the analytics prove otherwise. That's very, that's very interesting. So Spolster didn't like that notion. Maybe he's thinking, "Dang it, stop talking! <laughs> You're giving away our game plan." Let me find. Golly, I had this pulled up. And well, I, if you while you try to find, I'll just give my thoughts about you know we you thought it'd be a sweep. I said um, Denver and five, and I'm not going to take credit for it if it is in fact Denver and five because I said they'd start two and zero oh and and Miami would split at home. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what Miami is doing, and and you know we we talk we talk about Jokic and how to stop him, but I think part of me anyways I failed to realize you know Miami still has a guy named Butler he wasn't fantastic but he was a facilitator last night only had 21 points and did a lot of good things nine assists led the team in assist on um, um so I you know he he is a he's a guy that if he's playing well he's always going to give your chance your teams a chance to win and that's very true about Miami he was a big reason why they got past Boston and I think he was a big reason why they won last night and now they they got a slight. I mean, you always say you, you start a series on the road, splits, and if you can do that, you got a really good advantage, good shot to uh, take control of it when you come back home. So I I think they got a good shot. Uh, that and coupled with the fact of um, of uh, be there of just letting Jokic shoots. Very interesting. He said it's Ramona Shelburne is the one that started the question. And uh, here it is. Okay. 
instead of me telling you about it, I'll just uh, I'll let you hear him. Okay. And his response. Michelle Brain ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just, that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, <laughs> Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we, he has our full respect. Okay. So that's what he said. I wish you could see his face. He's kind of has that wry smile a little bit about it as he's trying to kind of put a word salad out there that makes you think he doesn't think that. Right. But part of me is almost like he's going, like you just said, shh, shh. Don't let the cat out of the bag. Be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> and And with the way Jokic plays – he seems way he he seems more comfortable passing than shooting, and a lot of times, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like, okay, I guess I got to go shoot, and he makes it a whole bunch of times. It, it just it's just interesting to think about that. So last night, Miami goes seventeen of thirty five from three. They also won their fourth game of this playoff run, in which they trailed by eight or more going into the fourth quarter. So they're four and five in those situations. Just this postseason, which is incredible for a team that has been down nine times going into the fourth quarter by eight or more, and is in the NBA Finals. That's that's yeah. absurd. Yeah. So those four wins, the, the yes, last night's win, those makes it n- number four of this postseason. That's the most in history. And how about this? So they're four and five on their own this postseason, down eight or more going into the fourth quarter. You know what everybody else says? Oh, I'd, I would in the finals? In, no, just or, in the playoffs this year. Down eight, teams that are down eight going into the fourth quarter. Uh, oh, for whatever. One in 41. One in And they're four in five. So, I mean, that, that anomaly is crazy. Yeah. But they did it again. That was uh, Denver's first loss at home with Jokic in the lineup since March 12th. That's monumental, man. That's it's, huge. And so now, all of a sudden, Miami's stolen home court away. Does does it any of this change your mind as far as what you think is going to ultimately happen? Well, like I said earlier, no, I I, I don't. I, I it might extend the series a little bit. It might have that might have been a wake up call for Denver, but I because I said five earlier, I'm going to be stubborn and say it's still five, but I won't take credit for it because I said it'd be uh, Miami would be down two nothing going back to Miami. But man, it makes it makes this series. I was afraid that this might be the most boring, uninteresting series NBA Finals in a long, long time, because of what you thought it might be a sweep, and it appeared to be so. It does make this a little bit more interesting now. Yeah, when it, Denver get, was... it gets my attention. I, I'll admit, I wasn't too interested. I wasn't, and maybe for the fact that the World Series is happening right now, and my attention is elsewhere, and I'll check the score and tune in to see what it is, and 
last night was fun. That fourth quarter was fun. And so it does make this a little bit more interesting. But I don't think the the series outcome, the winner doesn't change for me. I think it's still Denver. Yeah, it may just think, be more I mean, obviously more games than what I thought. Yeah, I would like to see more games. I, I think anybody would. If you're just a neutral fan, just with no rooting interest, you want to see this thing go as long as you can, be entertained by it. And I was afraid it wasn't going to be. I was afraid no one was going to watch, really, for the names of the teams and and for how lopsided this appeared to be. But maybe it's not as lopsided as we think. Yeah, Miami just... They just keep yeah. doing what they've been doing all postseason. And they just don't know how. You just don't get it with all the guys that got undrafted. It's just amazing what they're doing. And there's something, too, you know, you hear about the Thunder culture and that you're starting, uh-huh. you know, the heat culture and what that means. Well, that obviously starts with Riley. But I oh, think no I think Spolster is a big – they're they're in sync. They have been since day one. That's clear. And there is a culture there of winning. I think there's three guys. It's Riley, it's Spolstra, and it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a big reason why they're able to do what they're doing with these guys that weren't even drafted. And are uh, – it's right. Sudden, man, you feel like if Miami too – is this thing going seven? I absolutely could see that. Kind of feels that way. It, uh, it could. I still think Denver's the huge favorite to win. But if you get if they win game three, now all of a sudden Denver goes from looking like dominant team in game one and the first half. You know, I mean, they were on the cusp of blowing Miami out last night. And then you go into game four down 2-1, you kind of start looking around like, Everything is moving way too fast here. What just happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa, wait, you're telling me what? Now it's kind of a must-win for us? Huh. I'm interested does. Spolstra had a couple of different adjustments. One of those was putting Kevin Love in the starting lineup for Martin, which seemed crazy after the way that, that Caleb Martin played in the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of people thought he should have been the MVP of that series, and now he's back on the bench. <laughs> Spolstra, but that uh, – He's a little bit like, you know, like a Saban in that he has such job security. He can just do whatever he wants, right? It, it, you know, I remember Saban, the one play that, the one call that he made in all this run that I'll never forget was in the first Clemson national title game. They score and immediately do a surprise onside kick in like the third quarter. And it was to gain the possession advantage because he, he had already almost decided. You know what? We can't stop Deshaun Watson. If we keep on going back and forth, yep. then it's going to come down like it did the next year. Who has the ball last? Instead, he ran that. Of course, if it doesn't work, it's fine, too, because he's Nick Saban. And he would already won at that time, what, three or four national titles. Job security wasn't a problem. He can make that call. And even if he does get criticized, it doesn't really matter. That's why Spolster is on a lot of this stuff. You know, he, he can pull the trigger on some of those gut feeling things. And last night it, it seemed to work because for whatever reason, I mean, Love's stat line isn't great, but right there when Denver was starting to try to pull away, he made a couple of three. The two shots he made were in that just kind of trying to keep Miami to hold on, just keep from getting blown out. And the next thing you know, it was only a six-point game at halftime. And Kevin Love was a big part of that, uh, quite honestly, with some shots that he made and his ability to rebound and pass the basketball out in the open floor. It, it changed the game a little bit. It felt like Miami played a little faster than what you probably expected them to, and maybe that caught the Nuggets off guard just a bit. But you're right. 
it's a more fun series right now than I ever thought it would be. Yep. Yep. I'm glad for that. I wanted that. I wanted this to be a good series. You want them all to be a good series. No doubt. And when Miami beat Boston, I thought, oh, well. So much for that. Yeah, but maybe not. You mentioned this earlier, but uh, big congratulations to Big Elk Jr. Cash Mayfield. Try that's cool. Named the Gatorade Player of the Year on baseball in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, cash nine and one, ERA under a half a run. Just uh, dominant all season long. Plus, uh, the award goes a lot of other things too, not just on the baseball field, but uh, in the in the classroom, and then also with kind of the community stuff that Cash is involved in. Uh, went went to that. So Cash wins the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year here in Oklahoma, and now is automatically nominated for that award nationally and so we'll see uh, what happens there but uh, that's really really cool congratulations to him of course there was a bunch of guys at all state baseball uh yesterday <clears throat> i'm trying to rattle them all off in the top of my head cooper church was one of them in the in the middle west team uh, the games happened right yeah the yeah. game was like yeah games were yesterday case and legrand who always canute case was one uh, oh, i think they had two there's a two i should know this i'm sorry I can't remember. There was a bunch of guys. We'll get a text. Around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I reported on this about a week and a half ago when it came out, and now I've slept since then. I can't remember all the all the guys. There were Shattuck, Whipple. Oh, uh, Winery. It's Kyron. Yeah, Kyron. Kyron and, that's what, yeah, Kyron and, and Kaysen. Whipple from Shattuck was on the Small West team. I'll think of more as we move along. But anyhow, that was cool. Uh, very cool for all, for all those guys, not yep. only all staters, but then of course uh, Mayfield. All right, so hey, speaking of, real quick, I was speaking of local baseball players. Parker Ward, remember him? Yeah, yeah. He's ORU. On, he's on that ORU team. Yeah, that's exactly right. Headed to Supers. That's pretty cool. So who the heck is going to host? I guess it's whoever won the Van, whoever won the Vandy Regional, right? Because that was the higher seeded regional. That would be my guess. Well, and ORU's a four seed. Hard to believe ORU's hosting. Who won that Vandy? Did you? Do you remember? We just said that Vandy lost, but <laughs> we'll look that up. Oh man! I'm looking through all the scores. Oh, here it is, Oregon. Oh wow! Yeah, that's right. Because Xavier beat out Vandy, and then Oregon beat Va Oregon beat Xavier. So I assume Oregon. ORD is going to Oregon. Going all the way up to, was that Eugene? Eugene, yep. Oregon. All right, so I mentioned at the top of the show, I have, I may have a new favorite athlete. Yeah, I guessed off air and I was lucky. What, no. A new favorite athlete. So first off, on, in the, on the golf course this weekend, did you see what happened in the, on the LPGA Tour? The LPGA, no. Rose Zhang, who has won everything. Mm-hmm including the NCAA individual title. She made her LPGA Tour debut yesterday, or this week. Debut. Debuted on tour. And for the first time since 1951, somebody making their debut on tour won the golf tournament. So Rose Zhang wow. is your winner on the LPGA. Way, way to set the bar. I mean, listen – she is unbelievable. This is one of those kind of prodigy, prodigy type things that yeah. she's going to win and win and win and win and win. So get used to that name. Yes. 
It's not going to be the last time you hear Rose Zhang. So, so far, like this this spring, she won the Augusta National Women's Amateur. She won the NCAAs. And now she's won her first tour event on the LPGA Tour. So uh, that's uh, it. It's going to be awesome to see what she does. And then, of course, yesterday at the Memorial Jacks Tournament, Victor Hovland wins in a playoff over Denny McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy bogeyed the last hole to fall down into that playoff, and then Hovland wins the Memorial. His fourth win on tour, biggest one to date. You know what he's doing right now? What's that? What would you be doing right now, Jared, if you just won through whatever he won, a couple million bucks, U.S. Open is not this weekend, but next, what would you be doing? Could I be frank? Yeah. Uh, recovering from a hangover. Exactly. <laughs> you know what he's doing? <laughs> What's he doing? He is caddying for his college roommate, Zach Boshu, for 36 holes in U.S. Open qualifying today in Columbus, Ohio. What wow. a cool dude, man. That is unbelievable. That is pretty cool. You win Jack's tournament in Dublin, Ohio, and you turn around the next morning and you're looping for your college roommate for him to try to make it into next to next week's US Open. That's pretty cool. That is so cool. So, yeah, Victor Hovland moving way, way up my list of favorite athletes. He was always pretty, he was, yeah, he was already he, pretty he high up there. He never gave us any reason not to like him. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's, that's pretty cool. Very cool. I mean, very, very, very cool. So that's what Victor's doing today. We've got, at some point, maybe, we got a couple minutes here. Man, Rory McIlroy, what are you doing, man? There is no way he should not have won that golf tournament yesterday. That was his golf tournament to win. And he makes bogeys. I think he made five bogeys with wedge in hand from the fairway. I mean, it wasn't even a major this time that he let slip. Lack of focus, maybe? I don't know. Or it's not just a major or a mental no, I mean he can't do it in the majors either. Yeah, that's true. It just feels like a little bit of a mental block, and I hate to use the C word. But that was a choke. That, yep. that if you're if you're an all time great like most people thought he was, I mean, he he's won twenty three times on two or four majors. I mean, his career speaks for itself, don't get me wrong. But gosh. He is having trouble closing. And then one other golf note. If you're looking for somebody to win the U.S. Open, uh, Victor Hovland would be a pretty good pick. But So, Scotty Scheffler, have you seen have – you, have you watched any of the golf when he's been playing? Uh, very little. Very little. If I have it on, it's kind of in the background. So, if you've looked at, like, the, the strokes gained stats, mm -hmm. since the Masters – he leads the field in strokes gained tee to green every single time. So this is like the third tournament since the Masters that he has led the, led the field in strokes gained tee to green, which means he's hitting it better than everybody. And he's been last in the field strokes gained putting. And that's why he's, and he's finishing in the top five, but that's why he's not winning. 
like Denny McCarthy, the difference between him and Scotty Scheffler on the greens was 19 shots. 19 shots. That is un... He's beating him five shots around on the greens, but that's how good Scheffler's hitting it. Now, yesterday he shot five under when nobody else could do anything near that, so he did finally make a few. But if you look back, he hit it to three feet on number 10 and missed, and that's the difference between him being in the in the playoff ultimately and not. But eventually you would think that he's going to find it, and when he does, we may be set up for an, one of those just beatings. Because if he can just sort of putt with the way he's hitting it, nobody in the field is going to touch him. No. Nobody's going to touch Scotty Scheffler when he makes a few putts. It's coming. I don't know if it's going to be at LA Country Club or not, but it's coming well, because he, he is hitting it off the charts. According to Vegas, he is the guy to pick. I, I don't know how he's not. He's the favorite as of right now. I could change. Got another less than two weeks, but that is uh, that's a good bet. A good bet. And so is Hovland. Yeah. Maybe this would propel him. I'm a big guy of who's playing hot now, so maybe you know, this, maybe this will get him. I watched a little bit about LA Country Club on a, on a just kind of video and how the the course was. Mm-hmm. It's this, yeah, Victor. Victor may be one of my picks, not just because he won this week, but there's a few guys. Call it more a guy that it seemed like this could work for because long irons are going to have to hit a bunch of them. But then he didn't play it. He back spasms and had to withdraw yesterday when he was just a couple shots off the lead. So that may be one that goes by the wayside. Yeah. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. Hey!